So you know when you go to a movie and they show you the last scene first and then you don't know what's going on and all of a sudden then it says, hey, 24 hours later, and oh, anyway, that's what I said for the last two minutes. If you missed it, don't worry about it. Here's what's happening. Moses turned to the Lord and he said, oh my Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Why did you ever send me? Since I first came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has mistreated his people. You've done nothing at all to deliver your people. Well, there it is. That's the end first. That's near the very end of portion, Torah portion, Shemot, the first book in the first portion in the book of Exodus. It finds Moses on the cusp of one of the two greatest events that occur in the Bible. The Exodus, and what do you think the other one is, in my mind? The resurrection. Those are the two greatest things. The exodus from Egypt and the resurrection. And that line finds Moses just about to walk through that door to begin that adventure, really. But if you... What got him there to that point is so incredibly human, so incredibly significant that it's, it's a lesson time for Moses. It's a lesson for us. And so I read you the first part. Screen fades to black before your eyes three weeks ago. Or I don't actually know how long it was. But anyway, here's where it started. <clears throat> Moses had no idea really what was about to happen. That is controversial to say that. But here's what was happening. Moses was pasturing the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight why the bush is not burning up. When the Lord saw that, he turned aside to look. God, when the Lord saw that he, Moses, had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moshe, Moshe, and Moses responded, Here I am. Which he really said, Hineni. Now, every Messianic rabbi has given probably at least five, maybe good, but probably cheesy messages about Hineni. Hine so here's mine. Just kidding. Hineni is a word in Hebrew that means behold. It means, all right, stop, pay attention, look at this, behold, lo, something, something's going on. But when someone is called, when a speaker calls to someone like God speaking to Abraham, telling him to take Isaac up the mountain, Abraham responded, Hineni. When God called from the burning bush, Moses said, Hineni. It means more than behold. It means more than look. It means behold me. It means look at me. Take note of me. I am ready. That's what it means when someone, when a speaker calls, when God calls, Hineni. I'm ready. Let's do it. It's a big actual commitment. It implies the readiness to carry out the will of the caller. So God says, Moses, Moses, here I am. He says, let's do it. I'm ready. But he had absolutely no idea what he was ready for. 
There's a lot of discussion in, in the literature, in the, in the sources about Moses as a prophet, and he certainly was, but I think, and this is argued in some places, there's the pre-prophetic Moses and the prophetic Moses. And I'm pretty sure that what we're dealing with here is the Moses before he had his prophetic gifting, based on as we read over the next several chapters, from a plain reading of what we're going to read in Shemot, at this point, it does not look like Moses has any clue about what's actually about to happen. But he said, Hineni, here I am. Okay? So God lays it out for him. God explains it to him. But let's, let's not go there first. Let's, let's go here first. Moses. Why Moses? Have you ever thought about why Moses? Probably not. Moses had a lot of qualifications. First of all, he was a defender of the innocent. He got himself in some trouble defending the innocent and is in Egypt when his taskmaster was beating a Hebrew and he Moses stepped in and killed him. When, when Jethro's daughters had gone to the well and the shepherds drove them off, the text says Moses saved them. He came and defended the innocent. He was that. He was a peacemaker. He had that quality also in Genesis 2. Why would you strike your fellow when he sees the two Hebrews fighting? He wanted to bring peace. He's humble. After his high position in Egypt, he goes to Midian. He takes the position of a shepherd guarding animals. But shepherds have a good and important leadership quality. They are interested in other people. They are nurturers. He was an observant and spiritual kind of dude. The text makes it very clear that Moses was doing this, but he saw and he said, oh my goodness, that bush is on fire and not being consumed. Let me go check this out. He was inquisitive. He was curious. He had a, a spiritual nature to him. So those are good and excellent qualities. And he said, Hineni, he said, here I am. So Hashem lays out the plan for him. And the Lord said, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their outcry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. Listen to this. So I have come down to rescue them, he told Moses. And I'm going to rescue them, and behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. I've seen the oppression which the Egyptians are oppressing them. So you can imagine Moses. God has encountered him. He's explaining this to him. I'm going to come down and rescue them. And Moses agreeably, obediently, intently, barefoot on holy ground, listening. He says, sounds good. That sounds great. I mean, I'm a defender of the innocent. I, I don't like to see people taking advantage of, uh, taken advantage of, and you've come down to rescue them. Sounds good. Like, Hineni, here I am. Let me know. Let me know. I'll, 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 I'm, I'm happy to watch it happen. See you do what you do, God. I'm all about justice and deliverance. Rock and roll, God, go. God continues. And now, go. And I shall dispatch you to Pharaoh, and you shall take the children of Israel out of Egypt. All right, man. Yeah, sounds good. Let's get... What? Who? Who, me? Me? That's what he literally says in Hebrew. He says, me anochi? Who am I? 
Me anohi ki elech al paro. Who am I to go and talk to Hebrew? I mean, to Pharaoh. Me? You want me to do it? Fine. Hineni, but Pharaoh, whoa, let's chill out here. Wait a minute. I mean, I was all in, but I didn't really mean like doing it. This is so incredibly and eternally relevant. Have you ever heard or said yourself, man, somebody ought to do something about this. This is ridiculous. Who's going to come in here and somebody's got to do something. You do it. Who, me? I couldn't do that. Me? Anochi? Who am I? I can't. I shouldn't. I won't. I, ah. But how many, how many moments in history, in our own lives actually, are determined by the decisions we make when facing difficulty, fear, self-doubt? Things have, the course of history has been changed by people stepping into it, leaning into it, as they say. And I think everyone has a moment in their life where you can identify where you actually did something difficult, something you were afraid of, that you look back on and say, oh my gosh, if I had not done X, then Y and Z never would have happened. Where would I be had I not taken the step into the difficulty or encountered the fear and overcame the fear? We all have stories like that. At least I hope you do, or your life is super boring. And you should get out more. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm in a little bit of a wild mood today. Let me settle down. So, continuing. The point is, we have absolutely no idea what God is doing most of the time. Maybe all of the time. But most of the time, at least, we have no comprehension of the, the magnitude, the unfathomably mysterious, beyond comprehension, vast, laid out plan of God. And all we tend to see is what's immediately around us, or worse yet, to see the obstacles that are in front of us with a terrible perspective that I can't do that. I couldn't. Me? Moses, as I said, was a prophet. But if he had his gifting, he hid it here very well. Because had he known what lay ahead, had he known what God was calling him to do, yes, there were a lot of difficulties, but think about what Moses was a part of. Delivering millions of people, parting the waters, doing all this stuff. Had he been able to really see, he would have said, bam, Hineni, I'm in. Let's go, Zipporah. Get the kids, pack the suitcases, we're going, we're going to go kick Pharaoh's butt. This is going to be incredible, let's go, Hineni. But he didn't say that. Moses said, I can't, I can't do this. And that's just a human problem. Because we don't know what God has planned. Moses knew God's plan, he had just told him, but he didn't know he was supposed to do it. And he literally was, go in there and bring them out. In other words, God said, Moses, you take the hard road, which we are often afraid of, are we not? The bold and courageous path, are we not afraid of it most of the time? That's why heroes are heroes. 
That's why people who do unique things and acts of bravery and courage are set apart from the rest of society. That's why pioneers are viewed in a way that says, wow, they did something really bold and maybe even crazy and out there. That's why they're the exception. Someone who accepts a hard road is odd, actually. And we are humans, and we are inevitably prone to fear. Now, not talking about fear of dying a terrible death, getting thrown off a building or getting tortured, or I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about a different kind of fear. I'm talking about the paralyzing fear of failure or of being embarrassed, or of making a mistake, or looking stupid, or having somebody make fun of you, or just generally failing at something, or taking a step into the unknown, which I'll tell you, for many, many people, prevents them from living the life that they should live. They will never, many people, not all, most people will never embrace what they are afraid of. Many opinions are that Moses' rejection of the job was out of some form of humility. Now, that may be, but I see a different word at work. The word is Moses is considered humble, and you know, but there's a different word. He's afraid. He is afraid. Guess what? That's okay. It's, it's okay. In the plain read, it's fear. There's nothing abnormal about fear. Because, you know, to be courageous, to do brave things, does not mean to be fearless. That definition of fearless courage is actually not really what courage is. For most people, courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. Taking a step anyway. Author, there's an author, Ryan Holiday. He says, our fears sometimes point us like a self-indicting arrow in the direction of the right thing to do. One part of us knows what to do. The other part reminds us of the inevitable consequences. I talk to you all the time about the voices competing for your attention in your head. One part of fear is telling you, that's the road, take it, it's going to be dangerous. The other voice is saying, don't ever do that, what are you, stupid? Fear alerts us to the danger, but it also opens an opportunity. If it was scary, if it wasn't scary, everyone would do it. If it was easy, there'd be no real growth in doing difficult things. And I, want you to, I want you to just... Etch this in your mind somewhere. Fear votes for hesitation. Fear always votes for hesitation. It always has a reason for not doing. Now, in Moses' case, I want you to listen to how strong these fear objections were. Keep in mind, God had told him what would happen. He laid it out exactly. Exactly. And if you pay attention, he even told him that things weren't actually going to go that well until some other things happen. But God told him, and more importantly, and this is important, he answered Moses' question when Moses said, Mi anochi, who am I? Me, who am I that is supposed to go to Pharaoh? God answered the question and he said, I'll be with you. 
I'll be with you. I'm going to go with you. I'm not expecting you to do it alone, but you, you, you need to take a step. Now, in our perfect world of, golly, no faith. He really should have had more faith. In our, in our way of stepping back and looking in, in hindsight, that's, yeah, he should have had more faith. If God says, going to go with you, onward, Christian soldier, God is with you. But, but listen, Listen to Moses' objections of fear. God says, I'll go with you. Yeah, but, but what's your name? I mean, what am I going to tell them who sent me? What's your name? Well, it's this, and I'll go with you. Oh, I know, okay, I know, but, 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 but they're not going to believe me. They're not going to heed my voice. They're not going to believe that you sent me there. Who am I anyway that you sent me? So, you know, God performs signs. He Visible signs. Moses is holding them. His hand comes out white. He's got this staff into a snake. Visible signs to help Moses overcome this fear. You will have supernatural power before Pharaoh. Oh, fine, please. But God, I don't speak well. I'll, I'll help you. I'll speak. No, please, God, send Aaron. That is after God told him the plan and said, I'll go with you. That's Moses. That's fear. Fear votes for hesitation. Every time. That is the power. This is a, it's a baffling exchange. Commentators and readers alike are baffled by the fact that God's giving all the details and Moses is saying, no, I can't do it. To God, who said, I'll go with you. Have I driven that point home? I'll go with you. Go do it. I can't. Wow. Again, Moses, where's your faith, bruh? Come on. Go. I mean, he's telling you, be a man, do it. But, but we ought to be saying something very different than that. Here's what you should take from that. We ought to be saying, wow. If Moses struggled with fear and doubt while having a conversation with God about difficult things to do, then I can feel okay about the times when I have fear and doubt and feel paralyzed and, and question. And I can feel okay. I'm okay. One of God's heroes is struggling through this. Maybe I'm not doing so bad. I taught you a series last week, or last year, called Moses Trouble. And you might feel like we're back in that one. Here he goes again. Tear, throw Moses under the bus again. More, more Moses Trouble. No, this isn't Moses Trouble. This is Moses Triumph. This is the making of the greatest leader in the Bible. This is the step. This is how it works toward the immeasurable greatness that would define Moses in overcoming fear, which he would need to do time and time again as the leader, redeemer, deliverer, courageous hero. And listen, I know that things like this may not connect with a lot of people because they say, fear? I'm, I'm not scared. I, I'm not, I'm not controlled by fear. I'm not afraid. I, I'm living my life, man. Things are good. I do my thing. I get it. 
I do get that. And most people who have comfortable, unstretched, unchallenged lives their whole lives may not ever feel the things that I'm talking about. And I realize that what I'm saying may be for one person who's actually listening, who has something that they know they must do, but are held back by fear. Because that's really the thing. One person who needs to have the courage to believe and do what Moses do and what, what he did, and what he did do is this. I'll tell it to you in Hebrew. Vayelech Moshe. Vayelech Moshe. After all of it, after the arguments, the excuses, and yes, God got a little bit angry at the end of it. Vayelech Moshe. Moses went. After all of it, all the excuses, the fear, the dealings, Vayelech Moshe, Moses went and returned to Jethro, who is Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me now go back to my brothers who are in Egypt. Moses, Moses went, which is always the necessary first step to overcome fear. Now, I know that Moses' fear is not gone. I know it's not. We'll see it rise up again here in just a chapter or so. But, but again, keep this. Tuck it away. Courage is not the absence of fear, but taking action in spite of the fear. You know, just, just do it. Whose line is that? Just do it. Nike, but when it comes to overcoming fear and moving into the phases of greatness in your life, there's a different one than just do it. Ready for it? Just do something. Just do something. Whatever it is, just do something. Take one forward step. Confront one obstacle. Defeat one excuse. And we'll see that impact on Moses. And, and so... Working toward the conclusion here, what do we do with that? Well, again, you know, I always long for the burning bush experience. Don't you? When you, when you can come upon, maybe it's not a bush on fire, but it's anything, and you come up to it, and it's a conversation with God. And he says, hey, Gene, here's what's going on. want to bring you in the loop. I'm going to be, on, on Thursday, I'm going to be doing this, and then... Uh, Friday, you'll need to do this, and this is how it's going to all end up. I mean, who wouldn't want to have that conversation with God, right? To know the plan, because he's communicated it to you in times of difficulty, knowing my part, knowing how the story ends. But who has had that happen? Because if you have, I want to spend a lot of time with you. If you go down to my office, you are not going to find a little red phone under a glass thing that I can pick up and say, God, having a problem with the synagogue, need some help. I got a real difficult thing. I need you to tell me exactly what I wish. Man, I wish. The red line, the bat phone, the God line. It's probably somewhere on some televangelist has probably promoted something like that somewhere. I bet if I went back and looked, the God line. Anyway, sorry. I don't know the unknowable, incredible, majestic, unfathomably mysterious, beautiful plan of God and my part in it, and neither do you. But here's the great news. We don't actually have to. 
We don't have to, obviously, because like Moses heard from God, I will be with you. We have a similar confidence spoken by our Messiah to his disciples, passed down to them through us. He said, if you love me, do what I say. I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, doesn't know him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you or some ancient authority, as I say, he will be among you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And people say, well, there it is. You can't ever be afraid. That's not at all. It's not at all what he's saying. Don't be afraid. I don't read, don't have fear. As I said, we all tend to have some fear. When I read that, what I read is, don't live in fear. Don't abide in fear. Don't let fear take up residence for every difficulty that faces you in life. Don't live in fear. That's something different. Don't let fear be the voice that guides your action because guess what? Fear votes for hesitation and you're going to miss out on a heck of a lot in life. A lot. So Moses took the step. He headed for Egypt. He got started. He took a step. He did. Awesome. Awesome. End of message. He got it right. God is with me. I have miraculous power. I've conquered fear. Aaron is with me, and he lived happily ever after, and the plan went as expected. So our takeaway, rabbi, life application moment for you, mom. God is with you always. Take a step. Conquer all fears. Be courageous, because God will do it all, and everything will go great. Just do it. Is that how it went for Moses? Not at all. Not at all. Actually, it seems to have gone the opposite way. And we've come full circle, as I promised, to the first scene which I told you about at the beginning of the message. Moses obeyed. He took the step. He went to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's not letting anyone go. There's no, now, now there's not even any straw the brick load is not diminished, so in essence, the work has been doubled. Everybody hates Moses, thinks he's a liar and a moron. And Moses' step of courage has reaped exactly what he predicted it would. God, they're not listening to me. Why did you send me here? Failure, embarrassment. And when I told you, when the, I said Moses' fear wasn't gone, what really was still there was maybe some fear, but self-doubt. The Moses, said, Moses turned to the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Why did you ever send me? Since I first came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has mistreated this people. This is to God, listen up, and you have done Nothing to deliver this people. 
If nothing else, he was bold in talking back to God. But you see, back to the movie scene. Here's the beginning. Two weeks ago, and you get all the details, and then you come to that scene, and you're like, okay, now I know what's going on. And then it concludes from there, and there's the resolution, right? And the Parsha ends this week with these words. Then the Lord said to Moses, after what Moses just said and everything, God says these words. Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Now. 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 After having done all these things that you said and told me to do and you were going to be with me and all this and all this and you're going to deliver it. Now? Now what? Now that I've failed miserably? Now? Thanks a lot. Good timing. But God had done. He had done and was doing something really important to deliver his people. He was building and strengthening Moses, the deliverer, through the process of fear and failure. Think of the story forward from here. Without Moses' strong leadership, they never would have made it. God was teaching Moses, and I promise you we can learn through this. Now you will see, after all that you've done and all that's happened, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh, and we'll tackle the why and the how of the now next week. Shabbat Shalom. Let's stand up together and conclude our service.